All right, we've got a great episode of Side Retired Podcast here today. It'll be Dylan Campione and Matt Potter, as always. And today we're going to be joined by a very special guest. So, Matt, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione and Matt Potter as always. And Matt, before we introduce our guest, how you doing? Doing pretty well. It's snowing out here in South Bend. So, you know, a little little cold on like where Marlon is with his, I can see a little palm tree in the background. So I'm jealous, <laughs> but doing pretty well getting back to the swing of things with school. So happy, uh, happy to be here. Happy for the interview. Absolutely. And today we're joined by Matt, just alluded to, to a pitcher in the Kansas City Royals organization, Marlon Willis. Marlon, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me in. Absolutely. So for people who don't know, we had Marlon's agent, Jason Hoffman, on the podcast last week. And at the end of the episode, we asked Jason, who did he think would be a cool next guest to have on the show? And I don't know if it's a good news or bad news for you, Marlon, but the first name he said, the guy that has the best personality and should hop on immediately is Marlon Willis. So welcome to the program, and we're so excited for this. Yeah, I appreciate him shouting me out. That was pretty cool. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So the first question we'd like to ask our guests is maybe if there's a couple of members of our audience that might not know who you are or your baseball journey, if you want to do a quick overview of who are you, where are you, and sort of what's baseball life like? Right. Okay, so for me, I'm kind of no man's learn a little bit because um, I spent a lot of my baseball career kind of going uh, being that unnoticed guy. I got drafted in 2017 out of high school. Hindsight, uh, I don't have any regrets of any decisions I made when it came down to coming out of high school. But, you know, for how long it's taken me to get here, um, you know, sometimes along the way you have those questions that sparks in your head whether or not going to college or not would have benefited you. Um, but for me, being in the Kansas City organization, I think it just worked out perfectly if that makes sense um i think obviously you know, I'm, I'm big into my faith so uh having god on my side i feel like is the main reason why i'm still here but at the same time too the Warriors have instilled a lot of patience um and done their best to help me develop and so getting an opportunity to play for a team that drafted me i think is it's pretty big it's pretty big yeah, absolutely. You know, team teams love their homegrown guys. You know, we had we had a few in in New York with the Mets for, you know, various points of the past few years. So def, definitely, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I mean, there were so many moments where they could have, you know, cut the court. Um, you know, you're talking about for one COVID, um, and I was kind of you know a unique guy. I came in as a starter. I was like 89, 91 tops, man. And, and I mean, but at the end of the day, I had pretty good. Uh, pitches like change up and honestly the command was actually a pretty good uh pretty good back then when I first got drafted um and then going through COVID I kind of felt a little bit of pressure because I knew they're gonna have to release you know over 100 guys in each organization um so I went in and I decided to try to gain stuff and I went out and trained with uh loc- in the location of Sacramento for a place called OA and within maybe a couple months maybe four or five or so I came back and I was like 95, 97. And, you know, going, and then you had to go through another hoop of having to figure out how to control uh, good quality stuff. So, you know, it's, it's been an up and down journey for me, but I feel like I'm getting pretty close to ideally the way I want to be able to be pitching. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, 
I, I, you alluded to this a little bit in, in your intro, but can you maybe talk us through a little bit more of, you know, what the decision was? You get drafted out of high school. I'm not sure if you had any college offers or, or yeah. you know, what, what factored to that decision, but can you talk us through a little bit more maybe of how you thought about it? And, and obviously mm -hmm. you said you played a big part in it. So I'm sure that was, that was important as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. Everything that I've done in my baseball career going all the way back from high school to now has been kind of like, not even say luck of the draw is just, it seemed to be that, you know, God allowed me to perform at the right times, you know, at the very last minute to get another opportunity. So it's just like, I kept fighting to get another opportunity because when I was in high school, I wasn't really a pitcher. Um, my parents had a pretty big rule of, they didn't really want me pitching, uh, you know, until I got to around 16, 17 years old, just to kind of prevent any arm injuries or whatever. Cause we didn't know, you know, we didn't know anybody for rehab. What do we know uh, a lot about, you know, the quality of pitching and a lot of pitching coaches around. So for the longest, my pitching coach was just my dad. And I just kind of stuck to hitting as a right fielder. Um, I committed to University of Cincinnati when I was a sophomore in high school. And then when I got close down to my senior year, I ended up decommitting and recommitting to Georgia State because they had a great pitching coach named Christopher Gucek. Played a long time in the big leagues. I felt like I kind of can trust them. I knew that for me, I needed to have that big development. So going with a guy that was you know, going to be amped up to help me was going to be great. Uh, I had, you know, a visor situation um, going into the draft. Uh, fast forward to my senior year. And I got a call maybe a month before the draft. And it was my college coach saying that, there's going to be a couple guys that was going to transfer in terms of coaching staff. Like they didn't know the future of the coaching staff. So, I mean, that was the worst thing you could possibly hear when it comes down to a month before, you know, you graduated high school, the draft is right behind that. Um, and so I, I have no clue pretty much what I'm going to do. I go to a Kansas City Royals pre-draft workout and I'm like, you know, I got my outfield glove and I got my, my, my bat and everything. And they're like, no, you're going to throw 15 pitches off the mound. I'm like, what? You know, like, I'm not, I'm, I, mean, I don't pitch like that, you know, but okay, fine. I go and I do it. I didn't even think that it was anything crazy because for me, being a guy who was high 80s at tops, 90, 91, coming from being a Georgia boy, you know, you got guys out there throwing 95, 96, you know, out of high school. I mean, I went to the same high school as a guy named Alex Spees. He's made his debut this year with the Rangers. He was throwing 95, 97 when he was in high school. So, you know, like for me, I felt like I've always been kind of a late bloomer in that state. Um, but draft day comes around, and my agent calls me in the morning time, like maybe four or five hours prior to the draft, and lets me know that the agency had fired a lot of people, including him. And they were going to be branching off and going to another agency, but they didn't know anything right. So I went from – possibly being able to get picked earlier to fall into the 18th round. And on top of that, not even knowing what I was going to do about college because the coaches' jobs were also questionable. So, uh, honestly, I don't even know what really truly made me go ahead and take the opportunity more so than Kansas City Royals kind of making the home feel welcoming. Um, and, again, and making it feel like, you know, hey, we're going to give you multiple opportunities. Uh, you know, they were really big on family to a certain degree. And for the longest time, I, that was always my question, whether or not it was legit. But seeing me being able to last this long, I mean, I'm, I think I'm the only one left in the 2017 draft class that's here. Like, only guys that's in my draft class right now that's with us is 
MJ Melendez and Nick Prado, and they're in the big leagues, you know. So it's like to see them keep me that long, I started to kind of be able to know that, you know, what they tell me, what they preached about since day one is kind of, they, you know, they stand on that. Absolutely. And I love it. And basically what you're showing is that you've dealt with a lot of adversity in your career and you've been able to overcome it. Uh, college coaches, uh, or the 2020 season or the agency, but everything's thrown at you and you're still out there doing your thing and pitching to a high level. And we'd love to see that. But I guess sort of following on that thing, what is your mindset as the pitcher? Because I know, is it sort of block everything out and I'm on the mound doing my thing or does that creep in or what sort of the game day when you're pitching What's going through your head? And then when you're on the mound, what's in your head? Well, I think a lot of guys are going to be cliche and they're going to tell you, hey, like I'm the you know most confident on the mound and I try to block out. But I don't think that's 100 percent real. Um, getting better as a pitcher comes with maturity. Um, it comes, you know, you get better as you grow. That's why you, you, know, you see a lot of guys talk about pitchers not hitting their prime until they're 28, 29. You know, in some some cases in their 30s, because. You know, you have to have a little bit of a better understanding of life and yourself for you to be able to understand the development that comes in baseball. Because baseball is, is is very comparable to life. It's hard. You know, there's a lot of things. There's minimum stuff that you can control, and there's a lot of stuff that you can't control. You know, I can put my full conviction and effort to throw a ball down the middle, and it still doesn't end up down the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's the same thing that you kind of deal with life. So, for me, my mindset has always varied because, you know, my maturity has been different at each level, each year that I play. You know, I've went through stages of, you know, when trying to deal with getting better with command where you doubt yourself, you know, you don't really, you're not really as confident as you should. And I have moments where you just feel like you're the baddest, you know, a guy on the planet. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter where you throw or what you throw, that you're pretty confident that nothing is going to happen to you. So you kind of get, you know, I, I think it's fair to say I, I feel both, but ideally, in the perfect world, you know, you just want to attack, you know, you, I, as a pitcher, you got to understand that the the job of a hitter is just as hard, if not hard, harder, you know, they're, they're asked to have a very low amount of time to react to something that's coming hard, that's moving and that you don't even know where it's moving hundred percent of the time. And they, they sure do not, you know, they don't know either, you know, whether or not, you know, you're throwing something that's going to cut or going to rise, you know, so you got to kind of, understand the the odds you know they hit three out of ten you know they're considered you know some of the better players or the best player you know in the game so you know it's no uh it should be no fear about going to attack the zone so that's my mindset coming up this year just you know just attack the zone and you know, let my stuff play you know then they I, I wouldn't be here uh by the grace of god if, if if my talent didn't um wasn't able to you know hold my hold my weight around here you know, so I got to go on the mound and have that same confidence with about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I know D- Dylan and I were on the same pitching staff, I guess, what was it, three years ago now? And, you know, hanging around the guys and trying to, you know, trying to help them get you in the right mental headspace is definitely a huge part of it, too. So, I, you know, we, we both know how, how tough it is as a pitcher to, you know, not get in your own head and to, to have confidence. So that, that, yeah. that's I mean, true for me. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Because you got to have a consistent routine. Uh, but the problem is, is that like, ba- you know, guys, baseball so hard that, you know, even you can't even you can't even really trust your routine all the time because you'll look around. But, dang, that's kind of superstitious. I didn't you know what I'm saying I didn't put my socks on the same way today because <laughs> I pitched good last time I put my socks on. But so now I put my socks on like this until it fails. <laughs> like no, you know, the, the biggest thing I do, is I just say, like, you know, what, I'm going to work as hard as I can work, you know, do everything I can. You know, and let the chips fall where they may because at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I bet a lot of guys make goals like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I want to be a, 
first rounder. Um, you know, I want to be, to, I want to get to the big leagues. I want to have X amount of strikeouts, but I don't necessarily understand that they kind of switch the goals mindset to the things they kind of can control. The numbers and all the accolades typically will, you know, turn around for you. So, like, for me, it's like, instead of me saying, hey, I want to have um, the least amount of walks as possible or I want to lead the mindless and strikeouts or something crazy like that, all it says is, hey, you know, I don't want to let a day pass where my best effort wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Where I, I didn't go and I didn't take care of my arm. I didn't go and, uh, you know, do my condition or lift at the full maximum effort that I can give myself that day. Because if I do those things, then that's what's supposed to give me, render me the confidence when I'm on the mound to know that I can go out there and perform and execute my pitches at any time in the place. Absolutely. I love that mentality. And also talking about the pitches that you execute, a little curious, yeah. about what's your repertoire? What's your go-to pitch? And I know you saw mm -hmm. you had baseball in your hands. So if you want to showcase those yeah. scripts as well, what's your mentality going into and what's the pitches that are coming at us? So I'm 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 pretty simple um, across the board. Um, so for me, I throw a four seam fastball, I throw a changeup, and then I throw a slider. My best pitch, I would have to say, is probably my slider. Um, but again, it's kind of I'm kind of twisted because I like being fastball heavy. I like to be aggressive with my fastball. Um, so yeah, I hold my fastball like this. I throw regular four seam. I like to kind of space my fingers out a little bit. It helps me be able to pull the baseball down. Um, I throw, you know, kind of forcing changeup so that it mimics, you know, the same spin as my fastball. And then from my slider, I something I'm working on right now. Um, I used to hold my slider on the back of the horseshoe right here. And I was getting a little nuggets from guys that were in the big league saying that, you know, hey, like whenever you're going to throw a slider, we can see you start to switch to grip because I have to kind of move the baseball to get into that position. So now if my forcing fastballs right here, I'm moving my slider to this be right there, you know. Like again, like that's 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 a that's kind of an adjustment based off maturity, more so off of like you know me searching for something to work. Because as you go up, it, every little minor thing matters. Uh, like you know, the guy they can see you switching your hand to get to your slider longer than it takes for you to get to your fastball. These guys are so good. Where like you know, then they they're going to pick up on it, and you you will never know. You never know. So yeah, that, that, that I'm a three pitch miss guy. Um, I try to be fastball heavy early on in the count. Um, it depends on the situation, obviously. You come in, you got a guy first or second. You know, you got a three-hole, four-hole guy up. I'm probably going to spin a slider for a strike, hopefully, um, you know, early in the counts. But, again, like for me, I, I don't like to give hitters too much credit. So, my goal is at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm gripping and ripping. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much betting on the fact that you're not going to to hit it. That's, I mean, that's the best bet that you have, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you, you talked about development, you talked about maturity, and then, you know, you talked about some mentorship from some of the guys up in the bigs. Yeah. You know, what, what's it like as a, as a high school guy coming in as an 18, 19 year old kid into a, you know, professional baseball program, you know, obviously the development process is probably a lot different and whole new, yeah. you know, whole new staff of coaches. What, what's it like to be this, you know, young kid coming yeah. into professional baseball? Man, honestly, it, it takes a lot of growing and after you do it a couple of times, um, it's, it, for me, at least it was a weird funk because I was excited as crap from day one. Because, again, I, you asked me two years ago, this that this was the goal to be a professional athlete. I Like I said, I just never saw myself truly as that, you know, being able to do it because it just seemed like everything I was doing, I, I, I never was the leader of the pack. 
but I never was always truly at the bottom. It's like, I, you know, it's like God always allowing me to kind of ride the wave in the middle enough to be able to get enough opportunities for the right person to see me at the right time. Uh, I think we cut out. You guys can still hear me? Yeah, you're all good. Okay, yeah. Um, so it, it seemed like God always allowed me to be able to at least allow the right person to see me at the right time. So it was like, it was never, I never had a, just a year where just like, yeah, I'm the man, man. You know, like I got to, you know, so from the first time I got here, every spring training, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm wild every, every spring training because like, you know, I'm, I'm calling my dad or texting my dad about a bit league I've seen because when you're here, you know, there's so many transactions that happen. Like I, I've had an opportunity to be here when Zach Greinke was here, you know, in the same weight room, uh, Jorge Soler, um, I've been here when I seen Ronald Acuna in the Arizona Fall League. I've seen Vladdy in the Fall League. I've shared the same uh, weight room as eight, um, as Alcantara. Yeah, I think Alcantara, the guy for um, the starter for the Marlins. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the same hot tub as Aroldis Chapman. So when you start when you start doing this stuff, you start seeing people. You know, it's kind of hard. I mean, I, I think a lot of guys, you know, you know, fortunate enough to obviously be a first rounder come in, kind of already have their own mojo a little bit or mojo, whatever you want to say. Um, but for me, it was a little bit different. It was just like everybody I saw, it was just like, man, like, you know, it's crazy. You know, I, you know, I've watched you on TV for a long time, you know, so for you to be able to meet right in front of my face, it was, it's cool. So it's hard, it's hard dialing back to, you know, I'm like, hold on, I'm a professional athlete too. We play for the same organization. Let me kind of dial it back. But, you know, so it's, it's been kind of an adjustment. Now I'm kind of in a, in a neutral. It's kind of like, hey, you know, I maybe mean, you know, during the spring training, we play the Dodgers. I see Shohei and somebody like that. Maybe I'm going to go back to a little kid again. You know, <laughs> you know I I, I got to give myself that, you know, because I respect good players, you know, and I think that's a big thing too. You know, this game kind of makes people jealous a little bit because, you know, you're grouped around a bunch of guys that's constantly flowing at their own pace. Some guys going to pass you and go faster. Some guys go slower. Some guys get released and never make it as far as you do. And some guys like, you know, so it's a lot of, you know, comparing yourself. But for me, because I've always been like the underdog for the most part, I've had, you know, it did me no good at all. It gave me no credit to be jealous. So I've always been able to kind of see uh, everyone else's talent as be, it's been pretty good. Absolutely. I love that. And then since you did just name drop a couple of guys, I have to ask, is there a hitter that maybe you faced, whether it's in a game of practice, spring training or anything like that, that people might have noted of and, hey, you got him and you struck him out a couple of times and that's a notch on your belt. And is there a guy that every time he steps up there, no matter what, he just always seemed to have your number? Hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> hmm. For the most part, I've got an opportunity to face like I said, I mean, the benefit of me being here for this long is that I've a lot of the bit leagues that you see now, a lot of the bit leagues is on team. I've either played with on the same team with or have went against them multiple times. Um, and it, it's always – I'm not boosting on horn, but this is, I think, don't you know, a gift that I can say truly God has gifted me. When I throw strikes, I don't necessarily always get hit. I don't know what my ball does analytically. It's just whenever I do throw strikes and I'm commanding and I'm controlled with all my pitches, I just don't typically get hit. But one time, I will say, I faced Hunter, Hunter Pence um, a year before he retired. I did it with Trevor Bauer in the desert because during COVID, we couldn't get into facilities. And want to do live at bats, and he got me well, well. Like, I mean, I and I, it was nothing really I can do. It was like everything I was throwing. He he knew it. It felt like he knew exactly what was throwing before I threw it. Genuinely. <laughs> so oh, I love that. That's always as, as far as far as as far as I can see right now. That that's the only people that I, I can name that I 
that has had my numbers so far has been 100 pins. And, and it's on it's online, it's on YouTube, so that's the worst part. So everyone can pretty much go look at it. I love that. I do have to ask because that was a whole unique experience in that minor leagues was canceled and obviously all the guys had to find their own ways to, you know, stay updated, to keep practicing. So what was that desert experience like, obviously, during the 2020 season? How did you sort of oh, get in contact and how it works? I ended up staying up in Arizona um, because it was kind of weird with the traveling and, and the airports. So, you know, being all the way down in Atlanta, you know, that's, that's pretty far away. So I stayed in Arizona. I trained at this place called Field Factory. And so my mindset was, you know, I wanted to get as, as good as I could. I wanted to gain stuff. I knew that this was, that was going to be a whole time. We had a whole year off. You know what I'm saying? So you got some guys that took it for what they, for for how they wanted to take it. So you had some guys that took it like, hey, this is my opportunity to be able to gain uh, mental clarity, to be able to find other things that I enjoy doing, spend time with family, wife, or whatever it may be. Mines was like, okay, they cutting 100 guys. I'm throwing 88, 91, 92. They like me. I'm young, but let's see how you know how much I can push. So I trained at Fuel Factory every day. I mean, I was probably throwing bullpens three times a week, like, you know, trying to learn how my body moves, how to get my body to move faster. Um, and so, you know, I used that time as a um, to get better. And so I got lucky because Trevor Byer was out here and, you know, he was getting work in as well. And once I met up with him, everything kind of started to change. I just started to, you know, learn a lot of different things. Uh, I got a chance to meet the people that he had around him all the time, and they allowed me to be able to use their training facility. Um, and then that year was probably – honestly, that year I would say to be one of the best years I've had ever development because it was just a huge jump. I mean, like, to be, I legit went from 89, 91, 92 to 95, 97. Matter of fact, when I went to California to finish up some of my training, I came back to Arizona. They the MLB cleared where they each organization could have a small group of people um, to have like a little instructs, you know, play somewhat of a season, get some type of management. But of course, when they have select group, you know, you're talking about mostly your top 30 prospects and maybe uh, 15 or 20 guys that you really, really, really like. So I didn't get an invite originally. So I sent the video in when I got back to Arizona, me sitting 95-97. Now, <laughs> granted, I hadn't talked to anybody. I hadn't talked to anybody in, with the Royals. I haven't seen anybody with the Royals. Last time they seen me, I was 89-91. And so one of our guys that we have here at the facility, he's kind of he a scout as well named Nick Lito. He didn't believe me. So he drove <laughs> up 30 minutes to the fuel factory and watched me throw a pin. Maybe like two days later after someone threw a pin, they had, I got an instruction invite to come down here. And that's kind of when everything changed. Honestly, I feel like that's what saved me because uh, I feel like the cancer was always new um, that I had good quality stuff. Um, but when I was able to show you know, the power to stuff like that, it, you know, it allowed them to kind of see what I could be in the future for sure. So since then, they've been betting on me, which is good. Yeah, that that would have been a, incredibly exciting, you know, to to make that jump and to you know oh. get, get that true recognition for you know all the work that you put in. Man, what I couldn't do, look, I couldn't believe. It. I feel like I I feel like I gained the superpower. Think about it, because I'm like, dude, I, I have been praying for it for a long time. I have been, you know, uh, I was I was a social media junkie. What I mean by that is that I was getting trying to get tips and tricks from every site that I could to learn how to throw harder, and then I would go from. 8892 to 9597. It was like I felt like I had a new superpower. I was so it was just like, you know, and, and it was good and bad because I became more so of a thrower. 
and it and then I had to relearn how to go and actually use it to be able to hit up my hit my spots, locate and stuff like that. So that was that was the hard part. But again, I, I can't regret the decision that I made by getting this stuff because I I can't say that being staying at eighty nine ninety two that I would still be here in the organization today. So it's like you know it's kind of a toss up. Yeah, absolutely. And then talking about staying in the, in the organization still, can you fill us in on what you're doing in Arizona now? I know it's you know there's real no off season for for baseball players, but it's off season technically for you right now. So what you know, what are you up to now? So right now, my only uh priority is focusing on command. I've 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 thrown hard long enough. Um I've been a hard thrower technically for about three years now. And I would genuinely say that it's true. As long as you, you know, keeping your body in shape, once you throw hard consistently for like a year, it's almost like it's stuck with you. It becomes like a part of you. So for me, I had to bet on the fact that I can trust, excuse me, that my velo and everything will be right when the season time comes. And I needed to really focus on being able to know where my ball was going to be at each time I, you know, have some repeatability in my delivery. So this also, I've done nothing but work on that. So here, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just doing kind of command bullpens. Um, I'm working on obviously shaping my slider, trying to throw it harder. Um, and then I'm, you know, trying to get myself more knowledgeable in the analytics, you know, because I kind of steered away from it for a long time because I'm an old school dude. I'm like, man, I don't need to know if it's 15 inches horizontal. All I need to know is he can't see it and he can't time it up right, you know. I'm, I'm gauging off the swing. You know, I, I, don't have, I don't know all these numbers. But now I'm trying to get myself to understand what these numbers mean um, because, it, it, you know, believe it or not, they're extremely helpful to know what your ball is doing on each pitch. Absolutely. I 100% agree. I know – same with me at Georgetown. It was the whole, hey, if you swung and missed, it's a good pitch. But now learning that there's also like the, hey, I know it's a good pitch. Now let me learn why it's yeah, a good pitch. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because when you get to the – Yeah, it's like the they yeah. supplement the argument you sort of had in your mind. Yeah, because when you get to the big leagues, those guys, I mean, you, it's crazy because they know everything. I mean, to, to a certain extent. And those guys are already going up to the plate when you get to the big leagues. Like, yeah, he got a fastball that he throws – at 65 percent of the time, he throws a slider. Uh, this amount of percent of the time, if the slider has this, that, that, and the third, his fastball did this amount of bird. His change it has this horizontal. He throws this, and like he, they already know this before they go out to play. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know, it, it, analytics is kind of you know running the game right now. I mean, which it, I understand. It's pretty cool. You know, whenever they able to uh, combine science and, and numbers with with baseball, you know, I can see a whole bunch of factors playing into it. But for me, I'm just starting to learn about it right now. It's a lot that you got to learn. No, absolutely. I yeah. love it. We're looking forward to watching you dominate throughout the 2024 season, rocking camp in a couple of weeks. I know it's oh, yeah. approaching pretty quickly, but we do have a couple yeah, yeah. Fun, We have a couple fun rapid-fire questions to throw at you before we're all uh, good and done if you're ready for them. Let's do it. All right. What is your go-to walk-up song? Because I know that's a big thing for pitchers coming out of the bullpen. What's going to be blaring at the stadium when you're pitching for the Royals at some point? Kauffman Stadium closing out a big game. What's on the speakers? You know what? I That's something I'm still figuring out. Uh, because, yeah, it is very important. Um, but I don't know. I feel like when I get to the big leagues, I will. I think it will be dope if I just have like the straight sirens. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Have you seen the guys like uh, I think Felix Bautista comes out to it. It's yeah. just it's, it's it's straight sirens and light and light flickering. You know, as a, you, you, it's like you know, 
but also he's massive too. He's six nine coming in, so it, it, you know you feel like man, like there's no way he's gonna close it out. I don't know, but I've also been a person too that like for uh, walk ups to kind of grow up, grow on me if that makes sense. Because you know a lot of times you get to the big leagues, some of those guys know their walk ups on. Other times they don't, and the team or the PR guys just go and and put you know put one that they think is feasible for them. So I, I'm kind of tossed up in between. I like it because best believe when you get a call in the bullpen. It's crazy to say that you don't hear your own walk or something, but you don't. You you be so hyped <laughs> up. You know, you got so many you know thoughts going through your head, and you know you don't even really hear it at times, honestly. At least for me. No, absolutely. You're, you're dialed in for sure. Oh uh, no! And if you're not dialed in, you're trying to figure out how you're gonna get dialed in. So yeah, I, 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 I typically, <laughs> you have, I typically you have fifteen seconds to get from the pen to the mound. So you gotta figure yeah, it out. <laughs> exactly. After you, after maybe you just legit threw your last pitch and bullpen was a ball, so you go in there. Wow. <laughs> you're the last the last thing you focus on is the music playing. So yeah, I I don't really care too much about what, what my walk up song is gonna be, honestly. Is there a uh, our second one? Is there a guy who you know maybe you model your pitching after you 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 know you like to think that you're a similar pitcher to him or so like like a, a pitcher comp that you would say for yourself? Growing up, it was. David Price. I used to like David Price a lot. And then as I started throwing harder, I started trying to go into this Aroldis Chapman wave. But I have to understand that after I seen Aroldis Chapman in the hot tub, I think I changed that because Aroldis Chapman, is a, uh, he's, a, he's a freak. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a little bit different. So And he's been doing this for a long time. Um, but honestly, for me, like I talked, to, talked about before, my biggest thing is I'm, I want to just fall in love with how I pitch. Um, my goal is to want people to pitch like me, not and but in the most humbling way I can. Because if I'm trying to search to pitch like someone, then I'll never be able to find out what I can truly do. You know, I want to be to find out and fall in love with what I can do and what I can provide. Um, so like, yeah, again, I, I, but what I will say, I, I do have pitchers that are similar to me that I admire. Like when Amir Garrett was here, that was that was my dog. I, I tried to learn as much. Matter of fact, to be honest, I didn't know how to spin a slider until like two years ago. And he's the one that showed me how to throw my slider. Like I came to him when he first got here. I I, I talked to him a little bit when he was in Cincinnati um, because my, my parents, especially my dad, always taught me to, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to, to bother anybody. But I mean, you're around some of the best players in the world, like, you know. Why not ask questions and try to pick people's brain and figure out if they can help you? You know, I, I don't know anybody, you know, too much that even in the big leagues that would not reply to the word help unless they just a complete butthole, you know? <laughs> so, like, I, when I saw him, I asked him, hey, you know, hey, help me out with the slaughter, and he showed me the grip. And then I legit took it and ran with it. I made my own customizations to how I like to throw it. But to show me how to spin the slaughter, my first time really getting my slaughter down pat, he actually talked to me. But still, you know, so I, I admire a lot of guys, but I, I want to be the pitch like mine. Like, I want to be the pitch, you know, the best way I can pitch. And, and you know, hopefully people can maybe admire me one day. But if not, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I love that. I know there's that one video of Chapman throwing like 107 near McCutcheon's head and McCutcheon gives him a look and it's like, yeah, that seems superhuman that people aren't going to be able to do at some point. But no, um, but, but, but you can only imagine. I'm telling you, you see him in person, you will understand why he throws 107. <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's not he's not by no means a small guy at all. Like, at all. At all. Like, so, I, when I, the first time I saw him, I was like, yeah, that, 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 that's why. I get it. That's why. 
I love it. And then the last question we have for you today is sort of an appreciation for you hopping on the podcast. We let our guests dictate the future of the show, similar to what Jason did with you. If you'd like to pass the baton, whether it's to a teammate, a friend, or someone that you've met along your journey that you think would be a cool next person on the show. Dang, that's a good question. <laughs> because I'm also trying to give you guys good, good content too, you know? And, you know, you want to have guys that, that that's going to be like, you know, that, that can take jokes and stuff like that. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, uh, I would say it'd be like two guys that would come to mind. I would say Samad Taylor is a really good one. Uh, hey, Austin Charles, he's with us. He's a he's a position player. He's a young guy, um, coming from California high school guy. He's a real cool guy. Um, but you guys asking more so pitcher hitter, but you just don't care. Whichever way, we're always, as you probably can tell, we love having a good 30 minute baseball conversation. So, have yeah, you man, because it's like I, I want to be, I'm thinking of guys that I know now, but I also want to feed you guys somebody that's kind of been somewhat similar who's been around for a long, long time and trying to find a way. Look, now, okay, I will say, you know, he doesn't play currently, he doesn't play currently, but he, he did play. His name is Anderson Miller. I, like I would say, Anderson. I would say Anderson Miller, yeah. I would say Anderson Miller is probably um, a good guy to ask for just because he, he's going to offer you guys a wild range of perspectives of, you know, from playing, not playing, um, going through the mental of trying to figure out learning yourself as a player, learning yourself as a person, um, what it what it means to, to persevere, what it means to try to go against the odds. Um, and what it also means for the only person to stop you in your journey can sometimes be yourself. I feel like he's one of the perfect people that can uh, that can help you out with that for sure. I, I would say that Anderson, yeah, Anderson Miller. I love sure. that. Well, we had a we had a blast talking to you. So I'm sure anyone you're willing to recommend is going to be a great conversation. For as well. sure, hundred percent, absolutely. We really appreciate you hopping on today. We're looking forward to watching your success so far with the Kansas City Royals and all you're going to continue to do major leagues, carving out your name and making yourself a household name real soon. So we really appreciate all the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Awesome. Absolutely. So for Dylan Campione, Matt Potter, and Marlon Willis, until the next time, the side is retired.